The Speaking Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country. Best car buying experience ever online at Flemington.com. Award-winning House of Cupcakes, HouseofCupcakes.com, and Casa Gennaro's. Reservations, call 609-683-1212. Hey, everybody. It's your good friend, Jay Black. Uh, And before this episode gets started, I want to tell you something that's very exciting for me, I am recording a comedy album, like a, like not just one where I take the audio and and release it as an album, like an actual like there's a record company. Do people still say record company? Yeah, you know, like like real people with suits who who give you contracts. Um, they're they're the one who's actually recording it, and uh, they're going to release it on the radio. It's going to be on SiriusXM. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be all over the place. But I'm recording it December 19th in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club at 8 p.m. That's Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia, December 19th, 8 p.m. And I would love for you to come out and watch the show. Um, If you want to get tickets, go to www.jblack, that's J-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K dot TV. Uh, Again, www.jblack.tv. If you want to uh, just click in the description below, it'll have uh, all of the the links and stuff in there. But you can just, you know, find it on the, the internet. Google my name. Just as a warning, I'm not Jay Black the singer. I'm not Jay Black the porn star. Yes, both of those things exist. I'm neither of them. If I were, I wouldn't have to do comedy for a living, but I'm not, so I have to. But come to the show. It'll be a lot of fun, I promise. Hey, guys. Bill Spadia here with my speaking podcast crew, Jay Black and Jessica Gibson. What's going on, guys? I'm so excited about this episode. This is a very big deal. This, I, is, this is the biggest deal we've ever done. So here's what happened. I, I you know, we do this regular musical series with um, the old blue eyes orchestra michael martocci as uh frank sinatra it is it's a brilliant performance right so the last one we did with the sopranos right we had uh, michael imperioli was there Vinny pastor steve sharippa great show surprise guest mark rivera now as we all know so here's the thing mark rivera (laughs) jessica to bring you up to speed on this i'm thinking you would have known him Maybe by sight. No, I need my dad here for this one or something. Your dad yeah. is your dad a Billy Joel fan? I'm sure. So yeah. Mark Rivera is Billy Joel's saxophonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. One of the nicest guys yeah. that I've met yet in this journey through entertainment. I imagine whatever the hell else I do. I imagine you could say the same for the Twelve Disciples. Just hanging around greatness makes you a good person. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know. It, I never know where you're going to go, Jay. Yeah. See, with this episode, I thought we should talk about Mark Rivera because right. he's he came on the show. Mm-hmm. So in a minute, I'm going to play that for everyone so they can Ooh. hear the conversation we had with Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I only see now, Jessica, you're like, that's great. Billy Joel. You yeah. know Billy Joel, though. I mean, my husband thought that Billy Joel played our first dance song for our wedding, and I was like, no, he didn't. That was Elton John. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I could see, I could make you mistakes know, like that. More, I get it. It's all right. Chase, more, you're off the hook. You're more and more, it becomes obvious that if, if there is the diametrically opposed man than, than I am, like the exact opposite, it's Chase. Like, I am, I am every single thing that Jessica finds disgusting in a man, and then if you invert them, it becomes like, Chase. Boom, Jessica's yeah. husband, right there. 100%. So I, I am a Billy Joel fan. Believe well, it or Because you have ears and a heart? <laughs> Probably the first music I listened to, Glass Houses. Oh, uh, which 19- I had on eight track. 1981's Glass Houses. Eight track. 
I don't yeah. even know what an eight track is. Wow. We've already been you, through this. You guys have explained it to me you before, but track. I'm aware. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, you're younger than me, though. Uh, so. Yeah, but I did college radio when eight tracks when they were, were like, still popping the, the, pop the carts yeah. in. Yeah, so I remember the eight track. I think Jessica, uh, they were like this big. They, they were huge. They were they were like books. They're yeah, going to well, be uh, the um, new vinyl. Yeah, imagine a cassette. It's a softer sound. Yeah, I I will throw this microphone across <laughs> the room at you, Spadia. Imagine a cassette, Jessica, uh-huh. that's like three times bigger than a cassette that right. you can't rewind or fast forward, oh. and then you'll have the magic of the eight track. All right. You do, however, you can jump tracks. I believe you could. I, we you? had buttons that you could push. No, maybe they—they they could be like buttons. Was like, I in like modern eight-track day? Maybe, or maybe it's like uh, your parents installed them, like they do on the crosswalks that don't do anything but make you feel better because you're like pressing it. Like, yeah, no, just keep pressing it, Bill. It's it the gets to the next button. tracks eventually. Keep pushing the elevator button. Yeah, I do it. So Mark Rivera joined us, and I got to tell you, a brilliant musician like uh-huh. just um, you met him in person yeah we, okay. we were backstage hanging out and i you know because he went on with the band but it was during the sopranos thing so we sat there and we yeah. watched we listened and uh just one of the nicest guys i've met and, and like super super talented well yeah i mean humble uh, well i mean it's it must be uh, humbling to, ha- to be next to the genius that is Billy Joel on a nightly basis. So I feel like now I'm going to see him again. We have a show coming yeah. up. Well, I don't know. It may have already happened. It depends on when this is going to drop. Yeah, we're, it's we're, on we're, December 8th. We're doing a lot of batch mm. recording. Has this might December drop. 8th already mm. happened? Are we talking 2020 we, or 2021? <laughs> we have a lot of recording yeah, that we're doing today. Yeah. Anyway, so he's coming back. He enjoyed the show that much. This is a guy that plays saxophone because he loves it. And that's in Atlantic City? That one, no. We're back at the Count Basie Theater. Phew. You know what? I'm so uh, kind of funny, Count Basie. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to be on a cruise, but I might helicopter off so I can go meet Mark You Rivera. should be there. Yeah, well, I, I, I'll have to tell them. I was like, listen, I might have to commit a crime so they let me off the boat <laughs> so I can come home. What would you say to Mark Rivera? I would say, can I smell some of Billy Joel's sweat on you? Where, where's the Billy Joel sweat marks I can smell? Share a glass of water with him. Yeah. Now, I would... Uh, I remember that. That's a throwback to like the first episode. Yeah, uh, communal water, episode one. Was it zero or one? Actually, episode zero. I think it was, yeah, zero. It was zero. I think that yeah. was zero. Let's not get into zero. This I don't want to confuse you anymore, Bill. It's going to be very confusing when we get to episode 2000. Uh, no, I would, I would have uh, like lots of questions about like recording. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you would get very technical with it. Yeah, because he brought in a new producer in 89 and the two uh, albums he produced, 89 and 94, were different or 93 were different than all the albums that had been produced previously. So I'd like to know, like, what the thinking was. In oh, my the- God. Jessica's eyes literally just glazed over. I know. I'm yeah. trying. But I'm like literally, pushing the glazing out I of my eyes. I feel it, actually. Like, yeah. oh, so this is it. what happened. I, I said to Mark, I'm like, look, Jay is a super fan. Can you come on the podcast? He's going to ask questions like, like what oh, you yeah. just said. That's how you pitched it? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Not I, doing it. No, I, I, a super I fan wants to talk deep, pra- I, deep tracks with I you. am Mark Rivera's <laughs> worst elevator nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God, Mr. Rivera, I have some questions for you. Let me hit the stop button so that you're not distracted. That's you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so instead, we're going to play audio because I had a conversation on the air with him. Probably best to not have me there for the conversation. I feel bad, though. I feel like you would have benefited from the meeting. Well, I, the one thing I would tell him is, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily a, a, a specific question. It's, uh, you know, just a statement that uh, Billy Joel has never had good reviews. He's, he's really? always been a critical, uh, what's the opposite of darling? A, a critical, uh, the critics the did not. Yeah, they didn't like him. 
And to the point where Billy Joel would often read his negative reviews on stage. I love that. Yeah. Embrace we, the hate. Right. Uh, he he was not loved. I mean, he was adored by, you know, fans. But, you know, I think that a lot of critics wrote him off as being inconsequential because he wrote melodic pop songs. You know, like he didn't write stuff that people didn't want to listen to. I'm looking at a picture of the Beatles right now. I think he's like super inspired by the Beatles. So Billy Joel stuff was easy to listen to, but mm -hmm. that didn't make it easy listening music. Do you know what right. I mean? Do you see the distinction? Like it wasn't like, you know, bread, you know, it wasn't like, you know, AM radio of the 1970s, but he got lumped into that category. I but thought he's unfairly. a storyteller, Billy Joel. I think he's a storyteller. I think he's and also that is impressive in music as somebody who has dealt with depression for a lot of his adult life. I think Billy Joel writes most the most honest music about depression of any major pop artist, and he does it in such a way that you don't even know he's talking about depression. I mean, a and lot of his- was depressed? He tried to commit suicide. One of his oh, songs really? is a suicide that. note. Tomorrow is Today off of Cold Spring Harbor uh, was his suicide note that he left. Uh, he was living in a house with his best friend and his best friend's wife, and their bedrooms connected via a doorway uh, through their closets. He was having an affair with his best friend's wife. No kidding. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he was also going nowhere in his career, so he just was like, my you know, life is over. He drank paint thinner and left a suicide note. Wow. He had a manager come see him Ew. in the uh, uh, ward and said, no. give me six months. I can I let sign with me. Give me six months to turn this around. When was and, this? What year was this? Uh, this would be 72. So he was oh, young. Excuse me, 71. So young, just yeah. starting out. Yep. Young guy, he uh, he was a like really a, ten years before he made it. Yeah, he was like Slowly. a session player. Like he did stuff. Yeah. Uh, what happened with the best friend? Uh, well, he wound up marrying the girl, um, and that that best friend did. Well, no, Billy Joel. Did. Billy Joel wound up marrying that girl. No kidding. And the girl wound up being the one whose brother stole all his money from him. As uh, um, you know, memorialized in Great Wall of China off of 1993's River of Dreams. How do you know this much about Billy Joel? Is it that easy to like read one article about Billy Joel and I can know all of this information? Jesse, I'm thinking there are many books written and have Jay has read them all. Have I missed a New York Post article? <laughs> I don't like, think it's beyond there, that. There are interviews. Maybe there Daily are, Mail would have gone like, on more. How is this not a depth? movie, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, how is this not a movie? That, I don't know. Let's say if you had a production company. Yeah, well, you I might mean, consider writing this movie, put it in all, and then approaching, let's say, Mark Rivera to, to say we wrote get this, this movie. In the hands of Billy Joel. I'm yeah. just saying. I, it's a very good idea. I like this idea. I, it's, I think it's my the uh, my best idea of the last ten minutes. Uh, it, but if you if you look at the the history of his, his daily career, yeah. sorry, you look at it, <laughs> it struck me as funny. <laughs> the history of his career, he uh, has dealt with depression his whole life, and I think uh, as Chuck Klosterman wrote in Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, one of the uh, better late '90s books about pop culture, is uh, the Billy Joel song "Where's the Orchestra" off of the Nylon Curtain is sort of like the the best exemplar exemplar of that depression. Here's a guy who's had everything. Like he's out at the show, everything's going great, but where's the orchestra? There's no music playing. This isn't, I'm not enjoying myself hmm. in this scenario where I should have everything. And as someone who's dealt with depression, I can tell you that's the exact feeling, is walking around in your life going, there's no reason at all 
to be depressed, and yet here I am feeling this. There's no music playing, and why isn't there? And so it's like a physical feeling. It's it's it's, not, a, uh, it's it, it feels outside yourself, hmm. and it it's one of those things where like situational depression. That's mm-hmm. the one where you go like, well, just feel better, and you go, yeah, right. I think you're right. I should probably feel better about that. Uh, clinical depression. It feels like a storm that that comes into your life. You have no control over it. It gets dark and stormy for a while, and then it passes on. So and, does. Is, so let me ask you this: Has have you you have you've gone through a lot of therapy? We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that's something um, that you can overcome? Like you beat addiction. Yeah, you're yeah. No, you know you don't drink, you don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Like you you beat it. Yeah, and it's been. How many years? How many years have we known Jay? I don't know. He hangs out along around a lot of drinkers. I know yeah. that, right? I, I was performing. Jay will be a, but like Jay can sit there and you can sit and have a beer with you, mm-hmm. and you won't drink and you don't act as if you're tempted at all. No, I'm not. I'm not. Right? I forget that he is sober. Yeah. <laughs> we Just, forget exactly yeah, well, because I talk like someone who's drunk constantly. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, but like, so you can beat addiction. I made that mistake with Daniel Regan, right? So Daniel Regan, the Regans, CFC Loud and Clear, are mm-hmm. good friends. Episode fifty-five, by the way. Yeah. Uh, one of the great episodes we've done because it's Daniel Regan's mom, Lynn, telling the story of saving his life and finding him. And it, everyone gets choked up. It's this incredibly emotional event. So I had them on the air. This was early in my relationship with them. And I said, I know it's a day-to-day battle. And they both looked at me like, you yeah. don't get it. Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I beat it, actually. I won. Right. I beat it. It's over. It's in the past. I now focus going forward on sober living. And I'm like, wow, that's that's... Not what you hear often. I, I so think, for you, is it, is, is it that? So I think for me, it's there are inflection points every day that can turn one way or the other when, mm. when it comes to, to addiction. It's not like you sit there every moment of the day going, oh my God, I, I want alcohol or I want mm. Adderall or anything like that. Mm. It's those moments where you are sitting there and your brain starts to drift and you go, you know what felt great? When we did like a hundred milligrams of Adderall and drank five scotches, remember how good that felt? Uh, or you're depressed or you're sad about something and yeah. you're like, I know what'll make me feel better. It's those inflection points where you just have to go. It, it's the human body is the weirdest thing in the world because the thing that you want when you're sad or depressed is often the worst thing for you. And if it's not, you know, booze or alcohol or, or drugs or, you know, one of those things, it's like laying down, right? When you feel depressed, the thing you want to do is lay in bed and do nothing, mm-hmm. which is the exact worst thing that you should do. You should and get out. You should get out interact. and do stuff. If you go to the gym, if you immediately go to the gym in that moment when the temptation is to like just sit down and do nothing, you'll feel, if not great, but 10% better than if you lay in bed where you'll feel 100% worse. It's just training in those inflection moments to go like, oh, this is a moment but of weakness. that is like anyone with temptation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, Any it's, person could go through that. What's my temptation? I, the Whatever only, it is. Yeah. It, the but only can I ask you, is, do you feel good with that? Like I, you say that and I've heard this from people like, wow, I chased that next high. Yeah. And it's, I can't imagine having that much Adderall and booze would feel good. I think you'd want to. I, I feel like <laughs> right. I'm listening to him. Like, force, I want to throw up. Right. When you force yourself to the go to the gym or something instead of laying down when your back hurts or something, right. you get endorphins from it yeah. and your blood's throwing mm-hmm. it. 
flowing and like yeah. all these things lead to you feeling better right because of the fact that you didn't lay down exactly yes 100 but how yeah. does it how do like to me five glasses of scotch like i'm i'm, I'm gonna be asleep well that's the thing with adderall you can you can yeah, drink you all night is that like red bull and vodka is that kind it's of the like same red idea? bull and vodka if it got hit by gamma radiation like the hulk <laughs> it's the best thing where you go 36 hours while you're drinking yeah, so but i, I don't want to drink red bull and vodka yeah. No, yeah. I, if I'm having a drink, I'd really rather kind that. of, e- it's like ease into the yeah. end of the day. Well, Bill, you can spend the entire evening finding the right combination of red or Adderall and uh, uh, scotch to get you where you need to go. But is that what you're doing though? Or you look, is it a high? Is it oh, a yeah. distraction? Like what? What is it to have that much to drink or drugs that you are nearing a blackout frenzy? So the frenzy. Maybe the frenzy first and then the I have. I've never chased going going quiet i've always chased going louder and i'm a gregarious drunk i was always a gregarious drunk if you get a couple in me i'm hugging everybody i'm talking to everybody oh, i have no i got no issue believing that yeah, yeah right. i yeah. got i got loose I lips did you see jay i love you yeah. I, I can uh, see it. i am i am the most <laughs> i love you person and then <laughs> i could see that and the thing about adderall is my brain's always going about a thousand miles a minute anyway it just amps it up to a hundred thousand miles a minute which if Whatever my wiring wow. is, yeah. I love that feeling. It's like, and there's actually been a lot of study. It's because it's meth. It's mm-hmm. crystal meth. It's just got. It's less of it. Um, your your thinking isn't any better, but you're thinking about your thinking. You think you're doing better, and it's like so this it's thing, almost like fake limitless. It's, it's saw the movie Limitless. One hundred percent. If there right? was a label for Adderall, you see limitless. It would be fake yeah, limitless. The book was way, way better. I, I know everyone says that, but yeah. no kidding. Different ending. Yeah. The book was brilliant. If but, you've not read, have you read ooh, it? I, no, I got to read the book. Huh? I didn't know. I didn't even know there the was book a book. The book was better than the movie. I'm telling you, like, di- like you will read the book limitless and you're like, you're, you're in the story. Wait, yeah. The book made you, the, the pill made you know everything. Right? Yes. Yeah. You could learn a different language overnight or in an hour. The yeah. book. But that's Adderall makes you feel that way. Wow. And it certainly gives you a burst of energy and a burst mm-hmm. of concentration. But the the quality of your thought, and they've they've done there's ample testing for this. There's no improvement in any cognitive test. There's no improvement in your it's writing. Fake. You're faking it's yourself fake, out, right? But you're you think everything you're saying is wonderful. And can you imagine after five scotches, like first of all, you're probably slurring at that point, but yeah. you think you sound brilliant. Well, that's the thing. And like, like, I'm going to lecture you now. It's addictive, yeah. especially if you're the kind of person like me where you're driving home going, ooh, probably shouldn't have said that. And you know how I talk anyway, Bill. So there's 975 things a night that I think that I probably shouldn't have said. Right. When you're driving home after Adderall, you're like, I can't believe I said so many brilliant things tonight. These people are so lucky to have heard things from no me. No kidding. I was such a dick. Anybody that knew me from that really? time would have said, like, I was arrogant. Like personally insulting other people or... Just arrogant and dismissive and smug in a way. I probably could have been on uh, Fox News, um, but like can't you know, help himself. I can't, can't help himself. I can't, Bill. Can't uh, help himself. Don't engage. Don't no, engage. sorry. Don't engage. Don't engage. But no, I was I was an arrogant prick who the the weirdest thing was it helped my career because I'd be on stage and I wouldn't care what the audience thought, or I'd go into a pitch meeting and I'd just be like, well, if you want it, great. If not, whatever. Like I would interact with celebrities wow. in a very sort of dismissive way. And it was like, not me. I and mean, my wife often like looks at that time and goes, when I think about that time, it was like I was dating like my ex-boyfriend who was a real Did shithead. You, were you married at that point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife saw me through it. God bless her. Yeah. 
God, like, oh boy. She but did like, she know before you got married? No, I this this was prescribed to me, and uh, I, that's why I have so much uh, uh, empathy for the oxycodone people because it was prescribed to me like by a regular like, doctor. Hey, you're depressed. Here you go. Try well, this. this. It wasn't depression. It was ADHD. They were like, we think that you have ADHD, so this will solve your problem. Take some, and I was like, okay. And then after six months, I'd go back and I go, it's not working so well anymore. And they'd be like, well, let's up the dosage. Try some scotch. Yeah. Well, Mix it with booze. Well, <laughs> that'll all, work. Well, the irony is <laughs> my brother died from God, alcoholism. Right. And then I started drinking like crazy. Yeah. And before I knew it, I was running out of Adderall by the end of the week or by the end of every month. So then I had to start supplementing it. And all of a sudden I'm drinking like I was... The wow. the max you're allowed to have by law is 60 milligrams a day. There were some days I was doing like 180. You know, I was, I was just, and it was, it was what I needed. Would you be up all night? Did it feel I, like yeah. you were driving 180 on the highway? Like, Yeah, it felt like I was driving yeah, 180 right? backwards having had five scotches. And I was only sleeping like six hours every other night. You know, like yeah. it, I was up 36 hours at a time. And I, I mean, I only sleep about four. Were you yeah. working on stuff? I was writing. Well, I know Bill's normally on the radio at that time. He, yeah. like, he's usually working. Right, I was, like, I'm up. I'm up at three thirty. I'm ready to go. I go to bed at eleven. It's all I was good. writing like a madman. You know, like I would like I would put stuff off, and then you know, was it was it decent stuff? It it wasn't bad. I yeah. mean, it it wasn't. It's a what, fascinating conversation. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm to just interested. So many people. Uh, we, where did we start this? Uh, Billy Joel. Oh my God! Depression. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, you said you missed a Daily Mail article. I'm like, right? I, yeah. But no, I think it's a this, like this is a it's a story that should be told. Yeah. Because I don't think enough people understand. Uh, the, there's so many nuances to this. It's so easy. It makes me angry that people will like we're going to vilify one person. We're going to vilify the pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. We're going to vilify the doctors. The med- like, no, it's a million things all at once. And and really, what it comes down to is. You know, because I was depressed, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any uh, uh, framework in place on how to feel better mm-hmm. on my own. So I got, I felt good when I took those pills, and it felt really good to take the pills, go on stage, have a, you know, a lot of drinks, and then just bullshit. You know, I was doing like an hour and a half on stage some nights because I was like so sort of like revved up. And uh, I'll bet it could not have been as good as the way you are now. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Like your stuff now is funny. It's you, you calm down and you smile. Like my wife said, you know, what's interesting is you're, you smile on stage now. When you were on drugs, you, you were like not like angry comic. Just angry. Right? Just <laughs> shouting. Think about not mentioning any names. But we've seen a lot of comics in the shows we've done. In the past couple of years. Well, yeah. I can't oh. imagine going that long too, staying on stage that long and oh. then. The people being like flicking the lights, saying "get down, get down." Right. Jessica, the night my brother died, I did two hours and fifteen minutes. They didn't like come over and I, rip you off the stage. It was a theater show in Minnesota. Huh. I was up in the point. the upper part. No, Michigan. The upper, the upper Uper area of Michigan. You know, not in yep, the yep, hand, yep, you know, yep. the way up there. Um, Fake my, Michigan, we call that. Yeah, my brother hadn't died yet. He was in, uh, he was in a, a brain dead. He had gone into. You had known this. Yeah, they called me up and they're like, "Your brother's brain dead. You got to come home." So the first flight. It was out, not an accident. This was his alcoholism. Got so to, like he what had, had happened was he had uh, he he went to the point where he was in a coma for uh, for like a, you know this was when Annabelle was yeah. in just before she was born. He was in a coma wow. for three weeks. Oh my god! And he got out. And he got sober. And he uh, had a um, a hernia. This is like two years later, 
Yeah, two years later, he had a hernia. He was healthy. I mean, not healthy. He was, you know, had dialysis and everything because he had messed up all of that. Oh but my God. Uh, when he had the hernia, they were like, we don't want to do surgery because your liver is so weak, like it wouldn't oh God, be good to cut you open. Well, it turns out that my family has a congenital misshapen uh, colon. And the, really? the genetic. Uh, yeah, but it usually means nothing. It's just that the hernia was pressing against the one spot in the colon that was misshapen, and it ripped it open, and his blood went septic. It, I, it's the worst feeling in the world, because he had called me that morning, and he said, ah, my back is is hurting. Yeah. And I missed the call, because I was getting ready to leave my hotel room. And the message was, uh, my back hurts, uh, but otherwise, you know, hey, how you doing? And then that he night- was He was sober at this point. Sober. His back hurt from the hernia. That night, he was brain dead. Wow. So I got the call. He's brain That's dead. The first flight out was that morning. I had to go and tell him to pull the plug um, because oh I was God. next of kin. Um, but that night I was on stage and I was like, gobble, gobble, gobble. Um, and I went up and I did like two hours, 15 minutes because I didn't want to get off stage. Because on stage, it was like I could be funny and this mm. is just, this is nice wow. and everybody's laughing. But the second I got off stage, I had to drive through a blizzard and I was driving a Ford Focus. And uh, the, the is that what you had? Fiesta, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I was too cheap to buy the Focus. Yeah, a blizzard was coming Which in. Which they don't make anymore, by the way. Oh God! Yeah. And they the uh, the guy who was like the the Michigan guy, he was he was like, you can drive through anything. I'm a Michigander. We don't care about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he saw my car and he's like, there's no way you're getting home in that. You are gonna die. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, hey, I don't really mind one way or the other if I do. Um, and I drove through the night. I got on the first flight back, and then. Uh, uh, I had to go in and pull the plug, um, which I made myself watch him die because I figured, you know, I pulled the plug, I got to watch. And if I could ever give anybody advice in that situation, don't watch. There's no reason to. So sad. No. Just, just, you know, say, give the order, go get a cup of coffee, come back. He'll die. Don't yeah. worry about it. Death He'll is be ugly, dead. right? Death it's, is ugly. It's not like the movies. Oh, oh it's the worst. The emotional, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And my dad had died six months earlier. Uh, and I had to make the call on that. I had to. I was pulling plugs left and right, Bill. Uh, Jeez. I, I was. I just coming I, through. I, I called Ch uh, Shivo's people. I was involved yeah, with everybody. Had it all going. Yeah, on. I killed everybody. Uh, and th after that is wow. when the alcohol really started for me. Like I. Now you'd think the opposite would happen. You would think, right? You would think that you would say, "Wow, okay, I've watched real death, mm. right?" And I'm and I and I don't want that because I don't want to end up there. Who's pulling my plug, Bill? I think that's the difference between someone who's you know healthy yeah, and I someone agree. who's not. Like right now, after going through all the therapy and say, stuff, right? it's not easy to say. It's just like that framework, that the way that self care, that ability to sort of go, no. I want to stay alive for my family and the people who are left. This is the not a good way to go. But when you're sad and depressed, you're just like, yeah, well, this makes me feel good. So I'm not going to, I'm going to do that and not worry about stuff. Wow. And I did a lot of, I did a couple of years of not worrying about anything. And then I was like, oh shit, I have a lot to worry about. Yeah. And, uh, Kids, wife, career. Oh yeah. Those you woke two. Up and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here you are. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I met you guys like, Two, I think it was the, I did the podcast with you the day I got out of well, Joe uh, Piscopo rehab. introduced us. Yes. 
Jessica, yep. remember that? Yeah. We were doing, what were we doing? It was a charity thing. We were doing f- for the with boys Joe. and girls club. Yeah. Yes. At the stress. And Joe's factory. like, I got this comic. You got to meet Jay Black. We so we're putting a show together. And, and he we gave like, you oh, his cell phone. Someone. And that's how it started. So Bill, I, God, I was that? in the hospital overnight for suicide watch or two nights for suicide. Before watch. Before that show. Literally. The, when I walked out, they take your phone. So when I walked out, I turned my phone on. I had a call from Joe Piscopo, and I called him back, and I was like, yeah, I'll do the show. Uh, yeah. And that that's where we met. So you guys have been there. Did we pay the, you for that show? I, I don't think so. It's possible you volunteered no. your time for that. It doesn't sound like it. I yeah. don't think we did. I think we, yeah, but it became, it became very... <laughs> it became a thing. We probably yeah. told ourselves, he'll get paid. He'll yeah. get paid eventually. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we because are. weren't there, if I'm remembering, you had two comics, and Jay called you back. Yeah. I was the one who called you back. Yep. Yes, there was, another, there was another. I don't remember one. his name. I don't either. How funny I is that? I could probably figure it out, but yeah, yeah. that guy's probably. Uh, actually, I believe his name is uh, the. Uh, I can't. Who's the guy who got kicked off of Saturday Night Live? Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the the making the Asian <laughs> yeah. joke, right? Yeah, that, who it was, was that, that guy? guy. It was like, <laughs> that guy. Well, both of our careers could have gone in much <laughs> different the other directions. <laughs> All right, so this was a powerful conversation. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save the Mark Rivera conversation for next week. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. Idea. I feel like we you should. You don't want to get to the end of, I watched my brother die, and now Mark Rivera, By the way, Mark Rivera, yay! Yeah. You know, I don't think you'd appreciate that. And I, probably but I, And I also think that there's, there's more to be said about Billy Joel, and that, so I want to go back to that, but mm-hmm. let's save that for next week. And... Um, Wow, Jay. Yeah, it's a powerful well, story. But I, w- I will say this: we, I don't know. What, I don't know how to end that. Before, I, so I don't, powerful. Don't right? think we're going to release it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, no. This uh, will be dropping after. I was so addicted to stuffing. When did you yeah. become <laughs> a Billy Joel fan at, at this point? Uh, oh, I was a Billy Joel fan at uh, seven. So save that thought. Yeah, we'll and we're going to wrap that. this right. one up. So yeah. follow Jessica on Twitter at chasing Jessnut. Follow me at Bill Spadia, and follow Jay in in uh, the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, though, at, at exit nineteen official. Yep, one nine. Not exit one nine official. official. Find me there. Plus, you've got a YouTube page. Uh, you can find all plug, the, plug, plug. I think there needs the to be a greater plug here. Exit nineteen stuff is available at exit nineteen official, and uh, go to jblack.tv if you want to find uh, tickets to me doing stand up sober. Because uh, I'm going to be doing a show uh, December nineteenth. And I'm recording truly, an album. it's funnier because you're laughing with him, not at him. Yeah, you're going to probably laugh at me still. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Thanks, guys. The Speaking Podcast brought to you by our friends at House of Cupcakes, serving you in Princeton, East Brunswick, Clifton, and Saudi Arabia. The winner of Cupcake Wars offers 35 different flavors, perfect for a special occasion or just a sweet treat. Houseofcupcakes.com. The Speaking Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country. 16 brands of cars and trucks. I'm a loyal customer buying my last two trucks there and can tell you no one beats the deals or offers better service. Visit Flemington.com. The Speaking Podcast brought to you by our friends at Casa Gennaro's on Route 27 in Kingston. Call 609-683-1212 for reservations. They're open for dinner every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Ask for my favorite special, the Veal Spadia. Best Italian food in Jersey.